Well, hello. I think this is working. As somebody said the other day, a friend, Stephen, that I always look surprised when this works. <laughs> so I always, every Facebook Live begins with me kind of going, wow, is this, is this technology actually doing what it says it does? Uh, it, it still amazes me. Um, well, thank you for checking in. I, I, Facebook Live have started to do a thing where you can actually um, tell people in advance whenever you're going to do one of these. Uh, at the moment, it's only five hours in advance, but I might start experimenting with that so that I don't just appear for no apparent reason um, on your timeline, but you can actually click and uh, be notified in advance. Um, I'm in the middle of Atheism for Lent, as many of you know. Uh, we're kind of like, we've done 10 days, 11 days of Atheism for Lent, and I just gave a lecture today about the upcoming week. And the upcoming week is all about theological atheism. It's an introduction to that theme. And we're going to be looking at the people like Anselm and Meister Eckhart, Simone Weil and others. And um, during that uh, seminar that I gave today, um, I talked about what is spirituality. It's a term that we use, you know, I, you know, someone says, I'm a spiritual person. And we use it, but sometimes we don't have a clear idea of what we're meaning by that term. So today, part of the, the seminar I gave was an attempt to explore what that means. And I thought I would just give you a little snippet of that uh, today. If you like this and you want to get the full seminar, you have to sign up to Atheism for Lent. Um, there's still time, don't worry. You just click in. You can do two reflections a day for a week and get caught up. Uh, and of course, you have everything for life. So even if you don't get everything done, you can have it all sitting there in your computer for whenever you have the time to do it. Uh, it's been a really fun experience, um, very emotional for some people, very unsettling for many of us, uh, but hopefully it's also been really enjoyable. So spirituality. Uh, okay, I mean, broadly speaking, let's start in a simple way and say there is material world and in the material world, uh, I mean by that, the world that we can measure, that we can experience with our senses, or that we can experience through technology that um, you know, helps enhance our, uh, our senses. It's the, it's the world of stuff, rocks and riverbeds and, and computers and um, beds and walls and everything, the, the material that makes up our universe. Everything from the furthest planet to our own heart. That's the material world. And then you could say that the spiritual is the name that's given to anything that uh, is not reducible to the material world. Anything that somehow transgresses, tra um, is in excess of anything that cannot be measured by our senses and by technology, right? Now, of course, uh, you could start off by saying, well, well you know, is there even a spiritual dimension? And that's a, that's a very important point. I mean, you could take a position, a very uh, a basic materialist position and say that materiality is all there is. Uh, a good example of that would be the French scientist Laplace. Uh, Laplace has a famous thought experiment and it's called Laplace's demon, where he imagined uh, a demon or an all-powerful person uh, a person who could know 
the position and the momentum of every atom in the present. So right, imagine right now, you were able to know with absolute certainty the, the momentum and the position of every atom in the universe, right? Laplace says that if you were able to know all of that and you had a large enough brain, you would be able to tell everything about the past and everything about the future. Because the present moment is the effect of previous causes. And everything that's going to happen in the future will be an effect of this cause. That's the present, right? Um, so, you know, an interesting experiment, a very crude kind of materialism that says it's a, it's a form of probably, I think, Laplace is the first uh, determinist in the sense of to, to write a very systematic and clear definition of the deterministic universe. So that's, that's the material universe. So then spirituality at its most basic is a name that's given to someone who orients themselves towards or who thinks about what transcends or is outside of the realm of thinghood. That's some new thing. It's very hard to find words to describe this um, because in a sense, you're, you're orienting yourself to the outside of the material world. Now, there's three ways that you can understand this, broadly speaking. Uh, three types of spirituality, okay? Uh, the, the, most, the one that most of us know, and uh, probably the, the one that's got a, it, you know, it has been around the longest, is that of mysticism. Mysticism says that there is something that transcends the material world. There is a realm that is completely beyond finding out, beyond our intellectual capacities or our abilities to experience that transcends us. This hyper-reality that cannot be directly known, but only indirectly inferred. And that was the subject matter of atheism for Lent today, the, the talk I gave. But then there are the existentialists. And their idea of spirituality is, is not the divine ascent of someone like Pseudo Dionysius, who says that, you know, as we, you know, he wrote a book on the symbolism of God, where there's lots of words we can give God. God is a man, God is a woman, God is angry, God is a peacemaker, God has a womb, God gets drunk. Pseudo Dionysius says, you know, there's, you can say God gets drunk and God has a hangover. Um, I'm guessing he's referencing some verse in the Bible somewhere, you know, you could have a million different ways of describing this reality that transcends us. But then Pseudo-Venetius says, okay, but when you get to the next level, and he wrote this other book, and th this ascent, uh, you have to get rid of a lot of that. And you use words like God is existent, or being, or love, and you use a lot fewer words. Uh, and then he says, as you ascend more, uh, you lose words altogether. You enter into a learned ignorance. You know, all words and experiences fall to the wayside. So that's the hyper being, the, the divine ascent. The existentialists, they do a descent. They don't go higher, they go lower. Uh, for them, there is a reality that precedes everything out of which subject and object arise, out of which the universe arises. And there's no reversibility, so we can't just go back and predict what that is. 
uh, and that is the idea of the, the absolute as the ground of being, right? As this grind. And so we can never talk about it because as soon as you talk about what this grind is, there's me a subject who's asking a question about an object, which is what this grind is, say God, what is God? And as soon as you do that, you make a subject object distinction. Um, you're no longer talking about the ground of being. The idea is to reconnect with that ground uh, that cannot be captured in the senses, cannot be measured, can only be indirectly inferred. And then there's this third type that I think can be called spiritual. And it's the most materialist of them all, kind of an atheist spirituality. And that is the idea that the material world is a womb that has within it um, gaps. It's stuff that cannot be directly seen, but only indirectly uh, touched upon, right? Um, and so, for example, you think of Gödel and, um, you know, his uh, um, incompleteness theorem, you know, in mathematics, where he proves that any mathematical system is inherently incomplete, cannot grasp its own foundations. You know, there's, it's not that we, you know, still lack knowledge. Actually, there's something in the very heart of mathematics itself that has an antagonism and non-at-oneness with itself. Or take um, um, uh, Heisenberg's uh, uncertainty principle. Uh, you know, one of the great insights of contemporary physics, where you, the more you know about the momentum of an atom, the less you know about the position and vice versa. And this isn't to do with a lack of knowledge. There is an indeterminacy, it seems, built into and hard-baked into the reality of the physical universe itself. Uh, Hegel, the philosopher, also explores this idea um, that there is a non-at-oneness in the universe. Uh, that means that Laplace, you cannot know everything because the universe has novelty built into its heart. So these are three different ways you can think of spirituality because they are three different ways of trying to comport oneself toward that which is not exhausted within the material world. Now, interestingly, the first is very traditionally uh, theistic. You know, it's generally uh, involves belief in God or a spiritual realm that is above us, like the angels and demons and all of that. The existential one is weirdly uh, not that, um, but it, it, you don't know if it's theist or atheist, really. It's this, this, you know, the idea that at the ground of all reality is something that is not contained by that reality. Um, so, you know, that the existential uh, spirituality is kind of like, uh, you know, it, it, it's agnostic. Let's put it that way, or agnostic, I should say. Agnosticism is where you just don't ask those kinds of questions. There is a sense in which there is a grind out of which everything arises. And we try to be sensitive to that grind, but um, it's not a commitment to some sort of necessarily heavenly angelic realm. And then the third is the most standardly atheistic, uh, where you, know, you can embrace the idea of a universe that um, is What's, what in philosophy could be called a non-totalizing universe or a universe that has antagonism built into its heart to a non-at-oneness. 
um, you know, you get there through I mean, the unconscious, the Lacanian unconscious as an example. The unconscious doesn't exist. Uh, Freud, at times, it looked like he really believed that the unconscious was something. But the idea is, no, you don't break open the brain and find the unconscious in some area. The unconscious doesn't exist. It insists. The unconscious is the name we give to the fractures of our consciousness, to the places where our language breaks down, to the gaps, right? So it's, it's not something, it's literally the nothing. I mean, uh, was it Augustine, um, you know, his definition of evil is like the hole in your sock. It's not something, it's, it's literally a lack, a gap, you know? Um, now, of course, people who embrace the third might not want to use the term spiritual at all. They might have too much weight and freight, that word, and, and be, you know, too many connections to the new age or to... Um, church or something like that you know for someone who is a materialist they they might not want to call themselves spiritual um, because what they're what they're importing themselves towards what they're interested in is uh you know the the lack or the gap within the physical universe itself but actually i think technically from a philosophical position you can say they're all forms of spirituality if you define spirituality as i say as um having a position toward intending toward um that which is not captured in uh brute reality in the material world itself and in a sense theology can be described as the science that uh in which one considers this type of transcendent uh, reality. Um, even words like reality are problematic. <laughs> so you could call it the real, that which transcends all experience and language uh, that might be because it's so far beyond us, so far beneath us, or deeply embedded within the material universe itself. And so spirituality is not the um, it's not owned by you know any particular atheism or theism or agnosticism. I think a better way of thinking about it is it's a form of openness to to that which uh, can rupture what is to the not yet to the um, to the invisible uh, in a sense. Okay, so there there's just some thoughts on spirituality. Again, just very simply, there is the material world, the world of everything we see, gravity and planets and all of that, then the spiritual is usually the name given to the idea that there is some new thing, some uh, real that is not reducible to the material world. And if you kind of like go with that, then there's like broadly three different ways you think about that, that there is a, 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 a real that um, is, is, is beyond us all higher, you know, like the divine scent, right? um, or there is a ground out of which everything arises, or um, the more materialist one, which is, yes, what we have is purely the material world, but the material world itself has cracks and fissures, uh, tensions, antagonisms, and, and the spiritual is giving yourself over to those. Now, there's, there's a whole pile of 
practical things come come out of this. I'll mention one and then maybe I'll do another Facebook live about it some other day. But you know, one of the things that comes out of this is to to be spiritual then is to believe that new worlds are possible and to give yourself over to the rupturing of present worlds, political ideological systems, um, with the idea that new systems and new worlds can be opened up, which themselves will then have to be deconstructed for future worlds. And that actually what one does is one gives oneself over to this process of recreation and development and transformation, um, rather than just kind of falling for the idea that the universe is just what is. Everything happens the way it happens. And, uh, you know, we are just a, a cog in the wheel. So to, to be a spiritual, in a sense, politically speaking, means to have a radical commitment to uh, novelty and transformation and change. I mean, evolution itself is an example of this, that the being is not at one with itself. So there's a, all these antagonisms and these antagonisms give rise to conflicts, but that give rise to new organisms, new possibilities and new worlds. So there you go. All right, let's see um, if anybody said anything. Uh, Jim is saying it's crazy hard to track. No blaming here, just might have to go back to Sunday school. <laughs> well, I don't know if they'll teach that in Sunday school, I gotta say. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, you, know, the, you know, I'm kind of trying to give a, a little bit of a, a more, you know, complicated kind of understanding of spirituality, because I think it's important. But um, uh, you can go back and listen to this if you want. <laughs> um, let's see, some questions. Is the existential pan panentheist? Uh, no, not necessarily. Um, I mean, I often think of the existentialists as kind of trying to avoid those traditional metaphysical questions. So they're not theist or pantheist or panentheist um, or henotheists or whatever. They, uh, you know, it's like Heidegger. Heidegger's viewing of a ground of being has no notion of God within it at all, really. Um, but it is this sense in which everything is held together. So like Heidegger says, all beings, all things, are kind of all have in common capital B being, but you don't see that. That's just what everything has in common. And for him, you know, what you want to do is reconnect with that, which for him kind of partly means sometimes poetry, meditation, looking at a tree and not seeing a tree, looking at it until, until it becomes a portal to um, the nature of the universe itself. I mean, that's a very simplistic reading of, of Heidegger, but um, yeah, the, meta the, the existentialists who talk about this ground of being, um, they, they don't fit neatly into any of those kind of, I think, categories. That's more in line with the first one that I mentioned. That's what I kind of think anyway. Um, let's see. Material, uh, uh, sets of materialism or naturalism self-refuting, regardless of whether you not believe in a deity. Yeah, I know this is, this is an argument that's made by people like um, Plantinga, Alvin Plantinga makes this argument. I don't think that's the case, Seth. I don't think it is self-refuting. Um, but let me say why. Why do I not think it's self-refuting? Um, 
Oh, it would, that would take a long time. We'd have to describe naturalism and, uh, and all of that. But, but the long and short is I don't think it is, but uh, you could be right. Uh, if we were sitting in the pub, we could have a long discussion about it. Um, lots of people from all over the world here joining us again. That's good to see. Uh, oh yeah, Mark's making the same kind of comment as Seth, maybe not as strongly put. Do you think the phrase or concept purely material is implausible? No, I mean, the reason why, and you know this, Seth, and probably Mark, the reason why some people think that materialism is, is uh, self-refuting is because, because of the idea that if the universe just randomly through material processes got us to here, then why would we, we be able to trust our reason to, um, to be able to work things out? Surely what everything we think is just a pure product of randomness. So the idea of believing what we say, I mean, that's just a pure result of um, deterministic things. I think that's true of Laplace's materialism. Maybe I should say that, Seth, that, that if, you, if you have a, a notion of Laplace's materialism, it's, it's self-refuting, but, but very, nobody really goes with, with, that, with that definition of materialism. Um, and, but I think, yeah, I'm not convinced at all with Plantinga's arguments. I mean, C.S. Lewis makes the same argument. Um, C.S. Lewis is a very interesting guy, but he, he's no philosopher. Um, let's see. All right. Well, um, I'm just looking. I can't see any more questions as such, just people kind of saying hi and all of that. So I will, um, I will let you go here. But if you're in L.A., uh, come and come and hang out with me on the eve of St. Patrick's. Uh, I've got a gig in three, the Three Clubs uh, Cocktail Lounge. Going to be buying some fairy tales that I've written for a new comic book that will hopefully be coming out later this year or early next year. Um, and what else am I doing? Not much heading back to Belfast. So the next Facebook Live will be coming from uh, my hometown because uh, I'm getting ready for my festival. Oh yeah, two tickets just became available for my festival. It sold out six months ago, but um, two people had to, they can't go, so we're selling their tickets. So if you want to join me in Belfast at the end of April, uh, go and grab those two tickets. They're not gone already. Nice one. Take care of yourselves, and I'll see you soon. Bye.